the meat. I'm back. Oh my god, two weeks apart. Too long. Too long. Did you survive? No. Listen, (laughs) you did really good until Thursday. And then I FaceTimed in literally like four or five times. I finally had to be like, Emma, I love you. I have to work. (laughs) Go back to being at the pool. There was no such thing. But no, I didn't check my emails at all. And then we saw each other at John Mayer. And when I say I literally ran across the club concourse which I was not supposed to be in let's get that straight stuck my way up there was texting you the whole time saw you from a distance and just full ass sprinted and monkey hugged you you literally jumped into my arms and wrapped your legs around my waist as if we were on like the bachelor like you know (laughs) you know how like that's how they greet each other like this man is just full-on having these women just jump into his arms as if that happens in real life well you you did that in real life and the funniest part about this was that you were with your your friend natalie and i didn't know natalie was coming down with you and so all of a sudden i just see this blob in black overalls sprinting at me and jumping in my arms thank god i like caught you and you didn't knock us both over i gave you warning <laughs> but then the next thing i know like literally three minutes later natalie is just like hey what's up like i was like wait that's literally how fast you ran you sprinted and left natalie in the dust two weeks too long man oh my god i was actually crying the funniest part about all of this is i was telling drew he was what we thought had been potentially exposed to COVID it ended up that he wasn't the timeline didn't work out, but he was taking COVID tests yesterday just to be safe and stayed home and all of that. And I was getting this information in real time when I'd already been at the office and you looked at me and you go, if he has COVID, I'm coming and I'm quarantining at your house. I literally don't care if I get sick. I'm I coming. I cannot be away from you guys for another two weeks. No, too long, but we did just book our little um fam trip today. Denver baby yes we're going to see our design team get married which is gonna be so fun but the three of us get to take a trip out west which will be a blast have we been to Denver together no no well we've been to the airport together <laughs> but but not like actually in Denver not just actually the airport. in Denver yes have the three of us been to the airport together in Denver or just you and I just you and I it was yeah, on our way home LA. from LA yeah. okay yeah, that's what I thought no I'm so excited we actually rented the cutest little Airbnb yes. it's gonna be so fun I cannot wait to see Molly and Jackie get married we get to play house for a three days i mean (laughs) what else is new to be honest but no it'll be it'll be so much fun especially because we're flying in thursday now so we kind of have friday all day yes but then you're gone all saturday morning yeah i think well i I don't know i've talked to molly and jackie and see what the official game plan is when we've been chatting they've mentioned that they may want me there while they're getting their hair and makeup done and things like that so So i i feel like i'm like quasi friend quasi Art of Sucre contractor slash bodyguard. also bodyguard slash um, event giver. planner, a toast giver, basically the star of the wedding. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, you're getting married and Emily's out here like, hello. Hello. I've entered I've, the scene. I've arrived. Oh my, God. oh my God. I'm seriously just kidding. That is not my personality at all. Molly and Jackie know that I love them more than anything. I actually told, okay, so I had my weekly call with MJ this week and Jackie was talking about how they did their makeup trial and she really wanted to do like a bright red lip and the makeup artist talked her out of oh, it. She would look so I know she looks so good with a bright red lip and so I told her I was like no no do not let the makeup artist talk you out of it if you want a bright red lip it's your wedding day right wear the bright red lip and then I proceeded to go and I'm not going to wear a bright red lip and she's like what are you talking about and I'm like I also love like a red lip moment I think it just looks good with dark hair I was literally just gonna say you both have like the dark hair and the lighter skin yeah jackie and i look we could be related to be honest literally you could yeah and so um i was like i won't wear a red lip if you're wearing a red lip she goes emily be for real you can wear a red lip to my wedding and i was like absolutely not it's your signature move that day okay we've talked about this before but hot take red dresses at weddings are they okay or are they not? Oh my, okay. This has been an ongoing debate. I had, I did not know this was a thing. I had never heard that. And I feel like I worked in the wedding industry for a long time. Like obviously before Sucre was events 
or I'm sorry, it was before packaging. We did events. Yeah. Obviously, I wore black because I was a vendor. I've attended a ton of weddings personally, but I was how old this came about is that I was shopping for a dear friend's wedding and I found this really cute red jumpsuit. Yeah. I sent the picture to you. I sent it to my sister and I sent it to my mom. And you were like, yes, super cute. Have to wear the jumpsuit. Um, my mom and sister immediately wrote back and said, you cannot wear red to a wedding. I'd never heard that before. Neither have I. The first time I heard it was that time from your mom, too. But since then, I've seen other people post it on their Instagram stories as a poll. Yes. I don't think it's a problem. Here's the thing. Here's my point with all of this. And as someone that has been a bride, although I feel like I have a, I feel like I have a much different opinion on it now, because once you get married, I think you kind of care less like there yeah. there are a lot of things that now that I've been married I was like why did I ever stress about that in any way that could just be a me thing I was very relieved when my wedding was over I didn't have yeah. the wedding blues I was like thank god I'm done with this but I, red to me isn't any different than wearing a pink dress or a bright blue dress or like a full sequence dress right like if you're not wearing white I don't see the problem I think it may be a Southern thing and correct me if I'm wrong, but Southern weddings tend to have different rules than weddings like up North, like where we live. Yeah. I think you're right. And uh, even like gift giving is different. So like up yeah. here, uh, most people just give cash or money right. as the wedding gift. Like they write a check in the South. I think that's kind of considered rude and people bring actual gifts. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think this could just be in movies. I don't know, but I think you wear like big southern bell hats to weddings i think it's probably less common now i don't i'm not southern i don't know i think it's less common now but right. i do think that the attire guidelines are very different than they are up here yeah, hence I, the red thing yeah no i definitely get that i don't know but somebody let us know because i love the color red yeah definitely send it in our fan mail <laughs> shut up every time you say that it makes me laugh so hard please send us fan mail can you wear red or no wedding. to a wedding okay let us know but with that being said i think we should do you want to do like personal updates sure do you want to go first you went on vacation first i went on vacation i got hella sunburnt yeah you have sun poisoning i literally had sun poisoning and if you know me this is horrible news because i am religious about my sunscreen and i don't know what happened i'm still peeling i damaged my skin like it's really it's really not good it's not cute when we had our seventh we on mondays we meet at like 7 a.m. to go to Starbucks your leg is literally purple is you, it still oh yeah you should Emma it's like a hundred times better than it was like you're seeing it healed like I think I may have actually damaged my skin okay this is gonna be like a wild trip down a lot of information about Emily you really didn't need to know but I'm gonna tell you anyways Let's do it. when I was young I chemically burnt my like the bottom part of my like my shins okay using Nair but it wasn't. Okay, I did know this about you. But it wasn't actually Nair. It was Veet, which is like a Nair knockoff, yeah. kind of. And so the bottom parts of my leg, like if you look at them, like they're burnt. You can tell. Like yeah. I have, like it looks like I have really big pores on my skin, and it's just because I chemically damaged my skin. So it's really like my skin is sensitive, especially there, and really susceptible to sunburn, whatever. Yeah. So we we were at the beach. Our hotel was literally on the water, as in there was really no beach. Like the water came up to where the pool was at, like the balcony in which the pool was at and splashed the building. It was really yeah. wild, which then in turn makes it very windy. And I only had aerosol sunscreen. Uh, and so I was putting sunscreen on, not enough because it was 70 degrees and cloudy, but the sun in Florida is just so much more intense than it yeah. is here in Ohio that I wasn't really thinking that through. But I wasn't hot. And I didn't feel like I was getting burnt because, A, I was kind of cold. Like it right. was it not, was windy. Right. It was not super warm. So I was spraying sunscreen on. The sunscreen was blowing away. You can see on my arms where the sunscreen like landed and where it blew yeah. away. Like you can see the stripes. <laughs> yeah. It's really not a cute look. So that's why my legs look legitimately purple. And it was so bad when we flew home and landed. I could barely walk up the stairs to my house. Like I kept telling John, like my femur hurts. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, like my bone hurts. Like it hurt that intense. I was, I was nauseous. I had a fever. I had the chills. Oh, like I was taking Tylenol like crazy. So it's, it's way better now, but it still looks horrible. Like I may have permanently damaged my skin. Well, that's an update. So Emily's never wearing shorts ever again. 
again. But my trip was fabulous. It was actually really nice to get away. It was really with my parents. My dad works with Drew. Actually, Drew works with my dad. And they had a business trip. My mom and I were like, we could use some sun. Like, we're going. And so we tagged along. Barely left the hotel. Drew and I went to one dinner, just him and I, for our wedding anniversary one night. That was super cool. You would have died over this place. Mm. It was an Italian. Is that the pizza you sent me? Oh, yes. It was better than Rosemary's. Ah! I know that's, like, criminal to say. It was, it wasn't Cacio e Pepe. It was, I don't even know. Oh, it was white truffle. Oh my God. With like Asiago cheese on top. And it was a handmade sourdough um, crust, like dough, but they burn it. And like, you know, that's my favorite. My mouth is literally puddling. Drew got octopus and it had tentacles on it, like little suction cups. And when I tell you, I was almost ill. Someone... I'm trying to think who it was. Someone I'm friends with on Instagram recently posted. Oh, it was Kelly. Yeah. Was in New York and she was out to dinner and she's like loving every chance I get to eat octopus. Absolutely not. I have never tried octopus a day in my life. Zero. But the suction cups weird me out. Immediately no. Okay. Also, if you don't know, I don't eat meat and have a lot of like sensitivities to food and stuff like that i will tell you the octopus was not as bad as the last time drew and i went to trey bell and he ordered the bronzino which is literally just this giant ass fish with the bone in no. and when i tell you i couldn't even eat my pasta <laughs> because it smelled like it came straight out of lake erie <laughs> and he got a like a rib of the fish like the bone stuck in his tooth and had to pick it out i've never been more repulsed in my entire life he's lucky we're still married okay, to be honest <laughs> i'm sorry yeah that i'm sorry i'm grossing all of you out 12 minutes in i don't even know what to say but anyways the octopus was better than the bronzino but it was still terrifying because it had the little tentacle suction cups on it it was awful but did you taste it uh, no did i taste it absolutely not well, i don't know you're acting like you tasted it that's no, why i had to ask i was just telling you what it looked like from oh, my okay. point of view uh, there were like fingerling potatoes on his plate he was like do you want one i was like no it touched the octopus absolutely <laughs> it not it was too close to its essence i couldn't I couldn't do it. But anyways, what I'm trying to get to is this bar on like Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays at 9 p.m. clears out. It's a restaurant, clears its tables out, and it turns into a disco club. Shut up. It is the cutest spot. They have disco balls literally hanging from the ceiling. The food is delicious. They have bottle service. It is so fun. this total vibe that's so fun. I'm bummed that we didn't get to go to the disco club part of it but i like literally if i'm says you would have never wanted to leave it was so good there's a bar in denver have you ever heard of happy camper yeah okay i was gonna say they have like different locations in different cities but i went to the one in denver when i visited Vinny and kelsey the last time yeah disco balls literally everywhere it's your dream come true you would love it too honestly it's like pizza cocktails and what we should go disco. we're gonna be in denver i know we should anyways so exciting but how okay. was your vacation did you get sunburnt like me no, but AJ did. For the same reason you did, actually. I sprayed him in the wind, and it yeah. went off into the distance. But, no, vacation was good. Um, our first travel day was literally a travel day from hell. When I saw your Instagram story about it, I was like, oh. It was just not good. I paid. My luggage was overweight, and if you know me, that's just, like, not a surprise. But it was like significantly it was overweight. Not just like a little. It wasn't like it was fifty-one pounds. Like you were. It was sixty-eight pounds on the way there and sixty-one on the way home. <laughs> okay, can you explain that to me? Like, what? What is the seven-pound difference? Like, what? I. So my shampoo and conditioner leaked in the bag, so I wasn't oh. able to take basically any toiletries home. Did you take a like a full-size shampoo and conditioner with you? Yeah, I checked the bag. Emma. <laughs> Your bag was 70 pounds, you psycho. Full shampoo and conditioner, five different pairs of shoes, two Emma. of boots. I mean, and I wore literally, I AJ and I laughed about it the entire way home because he was like, you dumb bitch, you literally wore a pair of shoes. The same pair of shorts. Stop. Like two pairs of shoes. Like when I'm telling you, I barely touched my wardrobe. What could you have possibly needed with five pairs of shoes? To go to the beach. I had just like different outfits planned. You know me. I don't like I don't like showing my toes. I think they're hideous. Oh God, here we go. My toes are not it. You will never Emma, ever get feet pics from me. Emma will never start an OF account to sell no, feet pics. Because I, she I don't I don't know that I've ever seen your feet. I wear Birkenstocks in the summer, but like 
not to work. Rarely. You will see me in my Converse or I have like my combat boots on like nine times out of ten. I don't I just can't relate. You're that's just too Gen Z for me. Now listen, I'm not out here wearing like the like old navy flip flops, like the ones with that go between your toes, like you know what I'm yeah. talking about, like the thong flip flops. I think that's what they call them. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, but I do like I love a sandal. I love a good Birkenstock, but that's it. Like sneakers are my thing. My Steve Madden like platform sandals. Oh, those are so cute. Are though. my favorite, and I bought a white pair that have like they have more straps on them. But I yeah. wore those the whole time we were in Florida, and those ones are oh, also so, so cute. Yeah, it was even to the point where AJ like took them out of the suitcase and was like, "You don't need these." And I was like, "But I do." Like they go with like these shoes go with this outfit, and these go with this outfit. And he's like, "Are you actually gonna wear them?" I'm like, "Yeah, I promise." Stop it. No, but vacation was good. Travel day from hell. Paid a ton of money to get luggage there. And then the flight was delayed. And then the bus we were supposed to take was not in the right spot. It was the wrong bus. Got AJ and I on this bus that dropped us off in the middle of bumfuck Florida. Then had to take an Uber. And the Uber dropped us off in the backyard of his nana's. And it it was a loving nightmare. But once we got there, great. Got to ride on a golf cart for... A good amount of the trip, laid by the pool. You sent us a picture, like to our. We have a group chat that's just you, me, and Drew called like fam. Yeah. And I didn't have. We didn't have like great reception where we were. And Drew pulls his phone out and he goes, "Oh, it's just Emma." And then he goes, "Is she on a golf cart?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know. I think so." We both look at it and it was just yes. the funniest selfie of you just rolling on the back of a golf cart. It was. I mean, honestly, that's like my desired way of getting around now is definitely by golf cart. I've driven with you. I can believe that is your desired way of getting around. Okay, wait, hold on. (laughs) I know exactly where this is going. And I I don't even have like defense to it. If you want my husband to be like, my mom did it literally 30 seconds later. I just want you to know that doesn't help the case of the story. Just because Melissa also did this just means that she's clearly the one that taught you how to drive. What's so funny is... Wait, she gave me one driving lesson and said, literally never again, called my dad and said, this is your problem. I actually 100% believe that. I don't think you guys would have done well in that situation together at all. I didn't do well. Okay, let me tell the story and then we'll go from there. So again, back to the John Mayer concert. Some we were all standing there, and something got brought up about drive. Oh, you asked where we parked. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we parked in the garage, and then we walked over at the Sky Bridge because it was it dropped us out like right where we needed to go. And you then made a comment of like, oh, I got like a front row parking spot, and I go, you drove, and I looked directly at Nat, and I'm like, you let her drive. And you go, I combat parked, which is what we jokingly call when you back into a parking yeah. space. We call it combat parking. And and I go, you combat parked. And Nat goes, yeah, and she hit the wall. Okay, it wasn't a wall. I did hit what was behind me, but it was like the metal wires, I guess, that go across. So there were three of them. It did no damage to my car. And we were like, okay, no one saw that. And then my mom literally does it, hits the wall, and my brother just starts losing it in the passenger seat. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> let me just let me just say this. It's it's not just the fact that you hit the ropes, the guardrail, the wall, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. It's the fact that you have a long, sordid, dark history <laughs> with being the one to operate a moving vehicle. And as someone that has continuously been the victim of this, it's just, it's adding another one to the another list. One. You know what I mean? And another one. It's just like another accident. Like the time that you hit the side of the building picking up lunch the one day and proceeded Grace. to go, I great. Be for real. <laughs> Be for real, Emma. Elizabeth. Please, literally, please. Grace. We never allow Emma to drive anywhere. No, and it's honestly a great thing because I get to be passenger princess all the time. I just like to remain alive. But I will say, every time I've hit something. No, do not use um, the quotation marks. Hit something. There is not a lick of damage on my car. I don't think I believe you. I can see Lola Diamond out the window. She does not have scratches. I'm, 
I'm going to do a full body assessment on your car before we leave. See, you know what? We'll call my dad. Al is going <laughs> to Al is going to come. He can literally spot that from 6 miles away. He's going to be like, "And Emma definitely hit the wire ropes in the parking garage." He'll know. Literally. He I can know sense, he will. He can sense it. Because he literally drove past my car going like normal human speed when I had my other car that <laughs> Ivy was like piece of trash. He was going downhill really quick, but he literally drove past my car and was like, "What is that hanging from Emma's like underneath her car my dad's a big car guy and we all work in the same building like i don't work for my dad or anything like that but we work in the same building and so he will drive by our suite is on the first floor and my office specifically has like giant windows in it and we park right outside of where my office sits and he will drive by and check out our cars to see like if anybody's hit a curb and what's the brake situation like like what's going on and he literally called me and was like emma's no longer allowed to drive her vehicle it's not safe to drive you are not allowed to drive in Emma's car with her at any given point like he he just can see it. he didn't even get out of his car and was able to diagnose exactly what was wrong with your car spot oh, yeah. on I'm convinced that for the longest time he would come down every single day but now looking back I think it's because he was asking me every single day when I was getting a new car oh 100 and now that I got my new car I see him what like maybe like once a month <laughs> literally he doesn't feel the need to come down <laughs> no. anymore he doesn't worry about your safety I have to go see him if I want to see him that's literally <laughs> so funny and so I never thought about that he did used to come down like every day every day that's so funny <laughs> Oh my gosh. Shout out to Al. We love we love him so much. Um, okay, are we ready to jump into our topic for the day? Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I'm excited to talk about this one. I feel like you're gonna see maybe a little bit of a different side of us because we're gonna vent a little bit today. Yeah, this one gets a little bit feisty. Okay, so we're talking about being a bootstrapped brand and what that looks like. What that even means. So I feel yeah. like that's kind of an insider lingo term if you're not in the like the space the business world I guess um so yeah I guess I'll start with that bootstrapping just essentially means that you have grown the business a hundred percent with your own money you haven't taken on any VC funding any angel investors any strategic partners it is just you and your little amount of cash (laughs) or large, I guess, if you are lucky, um, that you have to grow your business. It's self-funded is essentially another way to say that, which is what here at Sucra we are. are. Which is so awesome to say and just know. But I think something that goes hand in hand with that, which is also going to be on this episode, but I think we're going to do a whole other episode about it because we could vent and talk about it forever, is that one, nothing is real. And two, everything is paid for, even if you don't see it. A hundred percent. And that's a lesson that we started to learn last year. And I feel like we've really learned this year. But it doesn't make it easier. Even if you know it and you trust me, you believe it, you see it, you know it. It doesn't make it easier when you see it happening in front of you because you still ask the questions like why, how, I think it almost makes it more frustrating because you know it's that much more unattainable. Right. And what we mean by that is oftentimes, especially in the consumer packaged goods space, so in the CPG space, which is what um, we are in, almost everybody has VC. Almost everybody. Or some type of celebrity backing or strategic partner or whatever that looks like. Literally every brand that I can think of off the top of my head that is – I would say are equal yeah. um, or kind of on the same in the same space. What we could be, we run in the same circles. We do collaborations with all that. It's very, very, very rare to find another bootstrap brand that has made it as far as we have. Yeah. And a lot of the times when you see collaborations as well, one thing that we definitely learned is that a lot of the brands that collaborate together are under the same like VC funding firm. Right. So essentially what VC stands for is venture capital. And what that means is you put together a, this is going to be like a very high level definition of what this is, but you put together a pitch deck and you take it out to VC and they either choose to invest in your business or not. And then they have portfolios. So it's VC funding oftentimes is less of a strategic partner. So it's not somebody that's going to come along and say like, Hey, um, have you thought of doing this this way? Or, hey, this manufacturer may help you with X, Y, Z. It may look like that traditionally, 
normally it doesn't yeah. look like that always. Um, but the goal when you take on VC is as the founder, you're going to make an exit. So what that means is that if you take on VC funding, the founder of the company essentially has to be bought out at right. some point to make taking on that amount of funding make sense because they want you to grow the company as big as you possibly can so that when you make the exit and you sell the brand, then they are getting their funding back that they invested in your business, essentially. Yeah. And there's portfolios that you were talking about, how everybody kind of works together. All of these consumer packaged good brands all sit in these portfolios. And so when you take on funding, again, this could be for VC, strategic partner, whatever, they all partner together because it's almost kind of like their own little like, inside clubhouse. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like their own little community. Right. Which is really freaking cool for them. Right, but for us on the outside. It's hard. It's not that cute. <laughs> it's like, not that cute. No, it's not. So that's why oftentimes when you see brands that are doing a collaboration, and this even I feel like influencers and stuff like that are taking mm -hmm. on funding now for their brands that they're starting. That's I think people are, are seeing – the the I don't want to say fade in influencer marketing because I don't think it's going anywhere, but there's absolutely being a shift that we're seeing. Oh, absolutely. People aren't being able to charge, you know, 70K, 100K for an Instagram or a TikTok anymore. I mean, Alex Earl can. Like, there are a few people that can. Right. But if you create your own brand and make that longevity and you're making profit with that right. – you know, you don't, you're not hawking somebody else's stuff. You're selling your own brand now. Yeah. So they're taking on all of, they're taking up this space. And that's what these collaborations that we're seeing, they're all in the same funding group. Yeah, absolutely. And going kind of with the influencer marketing thing, because it is super interesting. But with that, you can pay someone 65 grand. But, like, the engagement rate, like, isn't promised with it. Let's, okay, this is not, we did not plan to talk about this, but I guess no, it kind but, of goes hand in hand. So this is what's wild to me. And I think we have a especially unique perspective on this because, in a lot of ways, we are our own influencer. Because mm -hmm. Art of Sucre has the 1.3 million followers on TikTok, it's never made sense to me for me to pay an influencer an obscene amount of money to make one post that could either hit or miss when I can create my own content that could get literally oftentimes more views than whatever influencer right. you're paying. So we've never gone that route, but it is crazy to me. That's why influencer marketing is on. There's going to be, a, there's going to be a shift. It's already happening. Brands right. cannot afford to pay these astronomical numbers and literally have no ROI, no return on investment right. because these influencers will post one time. And if the video doesn't get views, that's, that's that. Like a few of our friends, had that happen, paid an influencer, had the influencer post. The influencer had crazy low engagement. Like, like no views. Like, like no engagement whatsoever. Almost no views. And the company asked if they could, you know, try again because the views were just that crazy low. And the influencer said, basically shove it. Give me my money. Absolutely not. So that's I'm I'm on kind of two sides of my personal TikTok. I feel like it's a lot of create like wannabe creators and creators talking about how brands all suck and how right. they just pay me my money, pay me what I'm worth, all of this stuff. But as a brand owner, I see the other side of it too. Like I think brands can be horrible to creators. I'm not I'm not right. that they're not. But as a whole, there's absolutely somewhere in the middle, like most things, where as a as a creator, you have to have a little bit of a reality check of Hey, I can't be charging twenty thousand dollars for a post and have no, and sell no products for this. Like, right. what? What would you do? Why would you do that? And we had the conversation actually in house. Um, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it's only Tuesday, yeah, right? Monday. Wow, Monday. Um, about how a lot of big brands have committed to completely stopped doing any type of paid anything. No paid ads on Instagram. No paid ads on TikTok. No influencer content. And they're going to literally just hire their own in-house creator and pay that person really well and literally have them create everything. And they're seeing a better return. Another thing that I've been seeing. So I know one of the like the apps is called Kale. Oh. And Olipop actually uses it is how I originally found it. And then Swoon uses it, which is super interesting. But basically you are kind of like a free UGC creator so you buy the product so in Olipop's case you have to buy four you scan your receipt you send it in it basically sends you a text message like great you're in whatever 
you start creating content with the brand. So I'm just going to use Olipop as the example just because I know they do it. But you basically create content. You tag Olipop in it. And then if they like it, they can use it. And then based off how the content does, then they can come to you and say, okay, you're posted this well. Here's the partnership we're offering you. That's so interesting to me. And I think there's absolutely a space in that for like people that want to be like start off UGC creators. I think this is why UGC just makes so much sense. If you are a brand that's having a hard time creating your own content in house, UGC is the way to go. You're going to pay a couple hundred bucks for a couple videos, depending on who it is, and then post those. But especially with the way that TikTok and stuff is now, even Instagram, you cannot guarantee views at all, even from the biggest people, unless you are literally like a massive influencer that you have the data to back that you're going to blow up a product. And then those people, most brands can't afford. Right. And also, I just, I don't know, the whole the whole thing is just very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how this shift takes place and the paying of the after the fact is really interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess with like paying with the after fact can lead us into how like net 90, net 60, net 30 can like really screw small businesses. As a bootstrap brand, I want to just kick net terms right in the face right to the curb I love them from the standpoint of when we're working with manufacturers and things like that and we're allowed to pay on like net 30 net 16 never net 90 but that would be nice terms because it allows me to kind of float money sometimes but on the turnaround of that we still have not gotten paid for two huge collaborations we did last year and like it's like twenty thousand dollars that we're just like in the wind until it's past net 90 terms yeah and one of them was complete custom packaging yes and then the other one changed their packaging after the packaging was already ordered so then we (laughs) basically double paid for their packaging it's amazing that i don't have more gray hair than i do so here's the thing about that okay let's talk about that for a second we've partnered with some huge brands yeah and even things that we haven't been able to share like depending on like what it is who it is like we've been in talks with and things like that Working with those brands is incredible. Like, literally dream-made goals that we have reached working with some big brands. However, what I will say is that it's not easy working with big brands because oftentimes there's a lot of red tape. You and I and Livy and Anna and Jenny and the rest of our team, we can literally walk out the door, ask somebody a question, and get approval immediately. Right. Big companies don't work that way. No, and especially because a lot of the big companies aren't in office right now still. So they have like one in-house day a week. So basically they have one single meeting a week, and that's it to figure out anything. Well, and that's like we are – low on the priority like that's one day a week to literally come to an agreement on everything everybody in the team is bringing to the table cotton candy is probably not like a <laughs> pressing matter you know what i you know right. what i mean so and then people are like well why are you ordering packaging why are you doing all this without like an official order without an official po like why are you not why are you moving forward with this and i'm like you don't understand how these big big brands work big brands will not legally sign off on a product order they won't sign off on a po for you they're not legally allowed their signature if you're joe schmo working at google you don't have no signing power for Google. And, and so you have to basically just go off of a verbal commitment. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes that's how it works. And people are always working on these tight deadlines and it's not just us. I have talked to so many founder friends in the same space that have had the same issues that it's really not just us, but that can be hard bootstrap because if you have venture capital or you have funding, you get whatever your round of fundraising in one foul swoop. So if you raised a million dollars, you get a million dollars and it sits in your bank account and then you take draws from it so you can float things like net 90 terms and things like that. When you're bootstrapped, we don't have a million dollars sitting in the bank just to slowly draw from. Right. No, I... It's, it's just crazy because I think people also think we're a lot bigger than we are. I feel like we fit in this really weird spot. We because do. What does small business literally even mean? I, I, I don't it, even know anymore. And I think and I think we've actually talked about this on the podcast before, but it could literally be like your mom and pop shop that sells on Etsy or it can be, you know, 
poppy could be considered a small business i would not consider poppy a small business at all but i think sometimes they could play that card or we we have we talk with a lot of people we get we've gotten a lot of a lot of big everyday name brands and when i tell you every single one of them tries to pull the small business card even when they have celebrity backers i was just gonna say that we had two well no one celebrity backed and then one She's not a celebrity, but she's like a celebrity makeup artist. Yeah. And both brands came to us and claimed they were small businesses, but they love supporting small businesses. So can we donate? Both businesses asked for thousands of units of product for for free. free. Right. While continuing to like tell us that they love supporting small business and just love doing whatever they can, but then want 10,000 units of free product. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of businesses face. And I, I think as you scale, just the scale of it gets bigger. I We still to this day get asked to do every fundraiser, every event, everything for free. And it's not that we don't want to do those things for free. It's that we we can't. I can't. Right. We cannot afford to do everything for free. Like, this is not a nonprofit organization. We have to pay our, We have to pay our bills. This is kind of like a side note, but kind of still ties in. So when the news was here, what was that? No, the, the Akron Beacon. Yeah. yeah. When they were here and you did your interview and that got printed, we had to have had like 10 to 15 people reach out. Hi, I saw you were in the Akron Beacon Journal. You're local. Can you donate to this? Can you donate oh, to yeah. this? And how many emails? I just had to be like, no, like just because you saw us in the newspaper and we're local does not mean we're going to donate to your prom we're going to donate to your high school fundraiser like right there's no fine line of respecting a local business or supporting a local business everyone just thinks they deserve it for free well everybody talks about supporting small businesses and local businesses until it actually comes down to it oftentimes and so i think that's where we need like a different term because we are absolutely by definition still a very small business we're a small business that has a very large social media following which i think gets confusing for people but we're also much larger than just like a mom and pop operation or a side hustle or whatever like we right. have a team of four full-time employees really and it's not Anna's not full-time why do I keep calling her Anna on the podcast I never call her that in real life <laughs> no. except for right now Anna fire me I'm sorry Anna is not full-time but I like call her full-time even though she's not here full-time hours it she feels like, like she she's full-time so um what we will say four and a half full-time employees <laughs> and then a whole team of 15 other spinners depending on the time of the year that are working here too so we have a decent sized operation but we don't have the budget of a decent sized operation so we fall into this weird place I think I think people just kind of get confused that they think we're bigger than they are but then also we have the other way that people think that we're much smaller than we are too so that's yeah. it's a weird place to kind of be right and you can't like the term like like we said the term small business is so hard because like you can't differentiate it by being like okay let me explain this to you we're right. like small business by definition but not by social media following but by the people we've worked with we're not small but so it's just so it's so weird i feel like we fit in this pretty unique niche that not a lot of people can relate to because most people most people would have taken on funding when I like switched over to like the packaging side of things but a I didn't want to do that and b it was COVID so there was no funding to be had all type of funding for businesses had completely stopped so part of it was a timing thing part of it was a where we live thing most brands here do not take on do not fundraise most small brands here do not fundraise as a matter of fact I think I can only think of a handful of brands that I wouldn't even call small locally that I know have fundraised and it's nobody in my inner circle by any stretch of the imagination so it's pretty unique to the situation we're not in LA we're not in in New York where that's very commonplace that if you start a brand you're fundraising right but also circling back to location location I feel like also is like a very big like pro and con of a small business but also like things are real things are not real oh absolutely so we spend a lot of time in New York, a little bit of time in LA, and people are always a little bit confused as to why we're 
in Cleveland, like, why do we continue to operate the business here? A, it's affordable. Yeah, so it's cheap. It's cheap to, to run a business. I mean, it's not cheap. It's so expensive. Watch my personal TikTok. It's so much money. But it's way cheaper here than it would be if we lived on either coast. But we're also kind of removed from the not understanding how the inside working of how everything is not real. And what you mean by that is I don't even know how to like deep dive. I don't even know how to articulate what we're trying to say. But for example, social media marketing it's all planted. Like nothing's right. organic. So for example, we love Olipop and we love their team. We've done some things with them and I've taken calls and I think you've been on them too with the Olipop team. They're amazing. They sent us a ton of Olipop for free and we're like, hey, just use it for product placement. And then we did a planned stitch situation where they used our product and we used theirs and we kind of went back and forth. None of that happened organically. No, but it was all planned behind the scenes. Right. And so so much everything you see business wise of those interactions none of that's organic it's all quote-unquote staged or premeditated staged is a little harsh I guess but it also I said it earlier but it doesn't help like the blow when you see it from like a brand that you really like collaborating with like another brand that you really like or a person that you really want to collaborate with because you're like how did that happen how did they get a hold of them but then you just internalize really quick and you're like oh it's money it was paid it was planted I know that but circling back to location it's kind of hard when you live in Cleveland Ohio to work with some of those brands people because the outreach just isn't like far enough to do so I think of our friend like Alexandra I'm not gonna say her last name right Lourdes I I pronounced it wrong too I can't I have like you know she's the donut girl on TikTok. You're gonna know who she is in Las Vegas. So she has the most incredible cafes like Cafe Lolo, Saint Honoré Donuts. Like she is incredible. She's an amazing content creator. But she's the perfect example of this. Her like her content is great and her cafes are stunning. But part of the reason she's as successful as she is is purely location for sure because she gets to you know take donuts to the Jonas Brothers and she gets to you know I think it was like Bad Bunny was another one yeah, that was huge sync and all of it because she literally has a location within Caesar's Palace right. she has those connections I don't have any idea what her funding situation is like I have not that that really matters but I have no idea but location is so key to her success and her thriving because of the market that she's in something like that wouldn't do as well here here like could you have successful business in that in that way in that style totally for sure right. but she gets blown up so much because she has that direct line to celebrities based off of purely location yeah absolutely but it still doesn't hurt less when she gets to give the jonas brothers donuts and i don't get to give the jonas brothers cotton candy listen emma i just want you to know that if we ever got the opportunity to give the jonas brothers cotton candy i don't think you could be there I you would, would end up in jail i would have to take so many anxiety pills and cbd gummies to be <laughs> able to compose my she would be straight up comatose <laughs> Emma would be not coherent <laughs> at all. But no, it but just like everything's planted. And it's just so it's so crazy to realize that, but it doesn't get easy. It gets easier, but it doesn't get easier. Well, I think another example of that too is so we've partnered on and on and on again with HBO Max. Yeah. Not a single time of that was paid. No, we sent them free glitter bombs and it would be like a content exchange. Well, not even an exchange. They never really posted about us. It was literally That's like true. you were allowed to say you partnered with HBO Max. And like, I don't, I, it, but people do it and we did it because right. it's some of, some of that is worth it from the standpoint of like, it is a uh, integrity builder is definitely not the right word. It's all that's coming to mind. It's, it's it, like a, con, a proof of concept to people. People sure. know the name HBO Max. They yeah. know Gossip Girl. They know Pretty Little Liars. They know we've asked, been asked to do a couple other things that I had to turn down just like logistically. But um, they they are like, wow, Art of Sucra is cool enough to be partnering with these TV shows that I really right. like in this production company. So was it worth it? Yeah, but to be frank, we weren't paid to do that. And I think that's the side of things that we find to be really disenfranchising because it always looks cooler on social media than it actually is in-house. And it's just good to know that, like, you're not getting paid to do that. Now, we have been really lucky. And almost everything else that we have done in that manner has been paid. 
Yeah. Like, and I think I've been pretty clear about that on the podcast, but like when we've worked with Capital One, they pay us. Kate Spade pays us. Half Magic paid us. Right. Like things like that. So we have found really great partners. We've just gotten to the point where we have to say no if you're not going to pay us. And it's hard. Like It's hard. I had to deny or not deny, but I had to say no to two collaborations that reached out this week and having to say no. It's re- hard. It really sucks because yeah. I don't want to have to say like I don't want to have to say no. But when you're growing at such a rate and you have like certain goals, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast of like, you don't want to hurt the people below you because you were once there and you really want to help them grow and be able to, I don't know, like grow their reach, I guess. But it's also about value add. So I think that's where this becomes a really hard conversation to have with people because if you were... And this, I feel this way about us too, because there's so many people that are so far above us that I would love to partner with. Right. But in order to make that happen, we have to bring something unique to the table that they can't get anywhere else. What are we offering them? Is it our TikTok following? Is it our product itself is so unique that it would do really well with whatever the brand is, whatever that looks like or person is, whatever. What am I bringing to the table that they can't find and that would make them want to work with us? We have to hold that same standard to the collaborations that we are also doing and we haven't been great at that in the past we're getting better but to your point it's really hard to tell people no right like do your do our brands align and like it can align in the way that it makes sense or it can align in the way that it doesn't make sense but it's so weird that it works yeah which i those are my favorite i love those those. the ones that people are like what the why i love those we always talk about it but the Elf Dunkin' Donuts collab was so out of pocket and everyone was like, what in the world? But when you looked at it, you talked about it. Also, it was so big on TikTok. It freaking right. blew up. They, I still get that song that they had like developed for it in my head. Like, Elf's marketing team also is just chef's so And so is Dunkin' Donuts, to be honest with you. They knew exactly what they were doing. Do I want to wear bright orange lipstick? No. No, but you bet your ass that collaboration <laughs> totally sold out. Oh, yeah. But it's so that's a perfect example. That's so interesting to me, kind of having the insider look of who paid for the licensing deal on that? That's so interesting. Did they pay or was it just that those companies considered themselves equal and that's that? Did they do a revenue split? Did they did did Elf pay the for the rights to Duncan's licensing and then that was that? That's actually so interesting. Yeah, I actually never thought about it that way, but that is so interesting. Like was it basically a wash and they basically kind of sat there was and it a marketing like, move, right? Was it a marketing play? Was it a a marketing play to pull a big social play i think that's the thing that we've learned too is from the standpoint of like every brand every brand does it differently there has not been one call that we've hopped on that i've been like oh yeah we've done it this way exactly and when people ask us how do you structure your collaborations i always go how do you structure yours because we've done it about a hundred different ways and it's so funny to me because sometimes we'll get on the phone with the biggest brands and they're like we don't need a licensing deal whatever like Let's just do this. Right. And then we'll get on the phone with somebody that's like, my lawyers need to talk to your lawyers and like all this, which is totally fine. I'm fine doing it that way. It depends on what obviously we're talking about, what we're looking right. at. And some brands want us to cut them a, a check to use our product. Like it's just it's insane. It's so weird. And I think where I get frustrated and kind of where like the venting thing comes in and I I know you get the brunt of this, but it oftentimes feels like we're in a lose-lose situation from the standpoint of we get hit at from all freaking sides. People above us want us to pay to work together. People below us want to pay, like want us to pay to work together. Like people, people want us to give stuff for free from all shapes and sizes. It's like at some point the business has to make money and it oftentimes feel like obviously we have our own customers and and things like that too but it's the people that are most loyal to us are the ones that are footing the bill for some of this stuff that we just started saying no I also feel that kind of on top of that if how do I say this without kind of being offensive um oh dear I'm scared I have no idea what's about to come out of your mouth it's not scary but like I like I just had a total brain fart I know what I'm trying to say it's just not coming out of just like people, I think it's super easy for people to get offended or like when we reach out to people and then when they come back and say, well, we want $15,000 for you to be in our bar program and we have to say, you're insane, you're crazy. And it's sometimes the, like the collaborations and the partnerships that make the most sense that they want like the, oh, I know what I was going to say. Perfect. She remembered. Okay. No, it went away. Emma! <laughs> 
see, listen, this is why people should listen to this podcast because this is the most awesome, authentic thing. There's no editing here. I'm just brain. having a full meltdown. You know what? Next time, just make sure you have a fully formed thought. It was, it was a fully formed thought. That was my biggest problem. I was just trying to let you get your thought out and it totally went out the window. Okay. Well, it'll come back to you maybe. Okay. But anyways. Again, back to the part about talking about the fifty thousand dollars for the bar. That's been some. That's been a situation that we've come to. We literally went to a brand that we both liked. That we have more followers than they do by a ton a on TikTok and not so much on Instagram. Okay, I know what I was gonna say. No, okay, Emma, it's, no, no, it's you, coming. It's coming. Okay. I'm gonna literally kill you <laughs> if you interrupt me again. Did you remember? Did you lose it again? She's actually crying. Go ahead. I know what brand it's about and that's like the worst part and it just keeps going because it's I think the brand that you're talking about about okay okay are you good now no <laughs> you're not allowed to interrupt me literally again. Just go, please. <laughs> no one's gonna listen to this trash <laughs> okay um well, we had a brand that we really liked and we had way more followers than them on TikTok and they had more than us on Instagram, but either way, they have a a cafe bar as part of their basically their business and when we wanted to reach out we wanted to do a social play and they were like oh yeah to be a part of our bar um it's $15,000 and you have to donate your product for free and we just literally our draw dropped like you're going to be making money off of our product and we have to pay you it's literally just i don't understand why brands think that that's okay at some point either me either but i remembered and i wrote it down this time <laughs> if you counter that and we can't donate they will pay got it that does happen yes do you want to do you want to spit that out a little bit more <laughs> this is so bad if people will ask you to donate product that you know they're like we can't pay for it but if you can donate that'd be great you tell them no and miraculously they have budget for it they find the money to pay not only at a discounted rate but the full price for it that's also just so interesting to me too okay wait let's talk about the one business that this was not the case with them but it very well could have been it was for a custom order for like a gaming company or something. Like it was kind of like a we have them here, like Dave and Buster's. That wasn't the conglomerate, but it was something similar oh my God, to that. Yes, I remember this. And they emailed and were like, "Hey, can we love supporting small businesses? We love your glitter bombs. We need three hundred of them. Like, let us know the details, all of that." You sent back pricing, and she literally was like, "Actually, we were hoping to have them donated." And we wrote back and was like. <laughs> absolutely not and she was like well we can't pay you but we could give you tickets for free to come and they were based in florida right she's like we can give you arcade game tickets and bowling passes ma'am can i pay my rent in bowling passes also are you really gonna give us like 400 500 of gaming tickets right Like like also what and we don't even live in florida and she knows that Right. But you're totally right in the fact that oftentimes when you come back and say like, hey, we can't do donated, but we can, quote unquote, at this price, people will bite oftentimes. It's like miraculously their budget clears up. Right. Or people play this game of kind of like back and forth of like, well, give me a quote. It's like, well, what's your budget? Well, give me a quote. Well, what's your budget? And that's so frustrating, too, because it's like if you have a number in mind, I can see what I can do to work within it. I'm not going to upcharge you. I get some people totally do that. But it's this weird kind of dance of back and forth that's hard. But the person, so it was an influencer that I was trying to work with that I was back and forth with their agent and it was like a month of this game of well, oh my god yes of what's your budget well what are you look like what are you looking for wrote everything down well what's your budget well can you give me a little bit more information can you give me this sent she's like send me product I will give it to said influencer see what she says said influencer loved it again back and forth back and forth back and forth just give me her rate like give me her rate well and i think with something like that like you know she has a specific rate too like this was right. a very like cookie cutter collaboration she's done a ton of these different style collaborations with different brands like a big enough influencer where she has an established 
this is my rate, this is my royalty, this is what I look for. Right. And so just to waste not only our time, but her time going back and forth, where when brands like our time is also super valuable and not everybody's time is super valuable. I'm not saying ours is more than others, but brands that have the money to cut a check for $60,000 for a collaboration, it's not this like kind of back and forth type of thing where we don't have the time to do that we don't have the money to do that just tell us we were just asking the rate right and like we tried to make it very clear too like we don't have a huge budget for this just wanted to see like what's going on and if you some influencers do have the capability to kind of sway I guess what their partnership looks like like we're kind of in the talks with an influencer right now that is looking promising but when we were talking to her agent she definitely has like wiggle room for what that partnership can look like, her right. rates, and how you kind of split that up. This influencer, it was like one way or the highway. And like, which I get that. And I can, I totally get that. And I can respect that. I wasn't mad about the pricing of it all. I understand that. I was if, mad she tossed me around for over right. a month about giving me her rates when she knew exactly what they were. Totally. Because like, I know you don't want to be doing this with me. I don't want to be doing this with you. This is a waste of time. 100%. So, right. respect my time, respect, and I, respect your time. I also feel like we fall into a super weird category that's super hard to explain to people not on the phone. And I try to have this, like, I know you've kind of adopted it too, but we have this, like, little spiel when we hop on the call people to explain, like, not only are we a brand, we're also kind of influencers ourselves. Not, I don't mean, like, you and I. I mean, like, Art of Sucra is an influencer with, like, the following that it has. But also, we white label our product. So if we don't have the budget to pay for influencer, if that influencer has a brand and they want to do an influencer mailing, put the glitter bombs in there and we can do custom packaging. Right. If you're a company that's hosting an event, like there's so many different ways we can partner together that you can't just write us off just because we can't cut the check. And that is pretty unique for our situation, which is why I oftentimes do think it does work out in our favor, but it takes longer to get there. It definitely does. But it also, it does bug me when in, influencer comes back and is like I literally love this product like right I want to use this and then is like but also I want $85,000 well so that's my here's my thing with the influencer marketing that I struggle with for a clap and especially because when we talk about doing collaborations I'm not talking about just like a link that like they're posting our product I'm talking a full-blown collaboration of right. like this person gets to like custom design whatever cotton candy flavor whatever glitter bomb whatever they want and we can do just about if they want to post about it we'll post about it like it's a it's a joint venture for sure sure. they want a large lump sum of money they don't want to do a revenue share no and to me that's always a red flag because it's like the goal of this is for both of us to make money i will do a 50 50 rev split with you but nobody wants to do that because i think they're afraid that they won't actually sell the product I would love to know the, like, inside business details. I don't know if you saw, but Alex Earl did a collaboration with Amino Energy. Yes. And they released, I think it was, like, a berry flavor. But I would love to know the inside scoop on that product because that was her first collaborative product ever. Interesting. Like, yeah, like, what was the cost for that? Right. Like, what was her talent fee what was the royalty on it like did you have a rev split on it and I think this kind of goes hand in hand too we talk about this often from the standpoint of like what I just wish people talked inside baseball more because there are so many different ways that this can go about and Jenna Palak actually has done a really incredible job of this lately we were just talking about it today she has been so transparent about what she charges companies what the deliverables were and I just admire that so much because there's so many things that just people hold so close to the chest which I think is also part of the reason that we wanted to start this podcast that I'm not trying to copy anybody directly but I'm trying to under I'm trying to get an understanding of an industry that people don't talk about and that's not just influencers that goes with really anything in business right now we're trying to develop like a really kick-ass bar program essentially and it's really hard because it's really it's really hard nobody talks about how to develop something like this we don't have like in-house salespeople. it's like we don't have boots on the ground type of thing it's really hard to find advice it's really hard to find any of this and nobody talks about it and oftentimes if you pitch people you get one shot and if you piss them off or they're not impressed that's That's it. it 
And so it's a lot of trial and error and it just takes so much more time. And I think that's also being bootstrapped where we're at a disadvantage because when you take on those funding and you take on the strategic partners, they have that insider baseball knowledge that they then share with everybody. Right. And if you don't have that, if you don't have those advisors, it's just you Guessing. floating out here. I mean, that's it's just a shot in the dark. That's what this entire business has been. It has just been guessing and figuring it out as we go, right. which I'm really freaking proud of. Yeah. But I'm also really freaking tired, and you're really freaking <laughs> yeah. tired. And sometimes it can just be hard to keep – it's harder to keep morale up. At least we have each other because some right. people, like, do it on their own. I mean, girl, I did it on my own for okay, yeah, for forever. Part, so but, I get it, yeah. But totally, yeah. and I think I think we have like a unique situation too, where even people that like with the founder like right hand situation, like I tell you everything. Right. Most people aren't like that, right. and as someone that has it on my own, like before I had you, it's really lonely. Yeah, but at least we have like learned together in the aspect of like some things aren't real, like some things right. are fake, like working through those thoughts while pitching while trying to build those collaborations because I think if I like was alone in that situation oh yeah I would just be like sitting in the dark for sure at least we can probably I did that a lot yeah I still sometimes do it (laughs) (laughs) I just text you about it afterwards (laughs) mental breakdown one meant to be um no but like you texted me this morning about a brand that we have literally we've we've been in talks with them forever literally have been chasing them down for over a year Livy and I like cold sent them products last year which they posted about but then completely went dark again. they went like in our, they were in our dms about it posted about it I like we had emails with them and then just like fell off the face of the planet which ha- which, happens. which happens it totally happens but they emailed you back out of the freaking blue like right. you hadn't followed up literally nothing and I literally just wrote back to you in all capital letters some things take time title of my memoir and so I was like title of my memoir some things take time <laughs> because that's it's the story of our life honestly it and it's just frustrating because it doesn't feel like it takes time for everybody else just because of that inside network that we don't have right. and also we have no idea how long behind the scenes it takes for them to do those things either but it's also one of those things that we've learned that like no one has their shit together like the premise of also the title of my memoir (laughs) literally the collaboration is meant for festival season which if you know me is like my season so I was I've been trying to get this collaboration because it is so perfect yeah and I pitched them I think the last time I pitched them was the end of January right and yeah in the what's so funny and I told you this earlier is that the girl who emailed me was a title in the company that I didn't like know existed, couldn't find the girl anywhere, wasn't on LinkedIn, wasn't on like a different platform that I use. But you never know who's going to reach out to you. No, you don't. And and it's just about staying consistent and trying not to get down again. It's a lot easier said than done. than done for sure. And we have our good days with it and we have our really bad days, horrible days with it for sure. And I think we're getting better at it. I, as a whole, I think people wonder why I've continued to be bootstrapped. And the reality is I vacillate and Emma knows this a lot of, I've vacillated so much over the past really year. I always used to say I would never take on funding ever. And over the last year, I've just really realized how much of a grind this is to bootstrap and I'm tired and I'm old and, (laughs) and then I do think in a lot of ways life would be easier if we took on funding. But I also think it would be a lot harder in a lot of ways because funding is not just this magic cure-all. Now you have money in the bank. I've talked to so many friends that are founders that have taken on funding and they've all been like, it's not a magic bullet. Like, yes, it eases some worries, but it brings on whole new ones because you have a board to answer to now. And that would be really hard. That would be that would be challenging for me on certain things I think I think it would be challenging for us as a team as a whole our dynamic is really really cool and our culture here is really something that I'm really proud of that we've created and that would change pretty much effective immediately um taking on not not no but we've seen what it does to like other yeah businesses that we have like kind of like an inside look on like there was a 
big celebrity that made a TikTok about a business that we follow, and they wanted to put something that the celebrity said in their TikTok bio, I believe. But because there was a board meeting about the business that they week, used, the celebrity used a curse word. They used the word bitch, but in a good way to describe yeah. um, the founder of this company and the product as a whole. And um, because the word bitch was in there, they, they couldn't use it because they had a board, like an investor meeting. But it was, it was just like, it's like one of the biggest celebrities out there right now. So the fact that they couldn't put that in there because of a board meeting is really wild. Sucked. It sucked. Like that could have been a huge moment for them. It could have been a huge PR moment for them. They could if, have done a lot with the saying that was said. They could have blown that up. They could have done some type of collaboration. It's just, it depends on who your investors are and what they care about and how they see your brand and all of that. And, and I just think that it, can limit you in some ways in just about as many ways as it can really blow you up. Now you look at companies like Doe, who I know that we reference a lot, but their investors seem to have no problem with them having the catchphrase. Some like it raw. raw. So like, I think that's incredible for them and you have to find the right people. But I think that's a lot harder than it appears. And she had to have just curated an incredible group of people willing to invest in her. And it is possible who freaking knows what the future will hold. Maybe one day we will eventually take on funding. But so far, we've never missed payroll. We've never missed uh, We've never missed a rent payment. It's come close a couple of times. We just knocked the Starbucks back that week. Yeah, that's right. We just, you know, cut cut back the Starbucks peach green tea a little bit. And uh, my sleep gets knocked back. But other than that, we're, we're we are good to go. But it's also things like, I mean, we could go on and I think we're probably close to an hour, but there's a lot of things that I do think the money would help or there's a lot of things that it would hurt. And I do think it's just important to be aware of what brands you are supporting and how they get their funding, especially if you're choosing, if you own a business and you're comparing yourself, it's just good to kind of have that in the back of your mind of like, oh, this makes a little bit more sense now. So with that being said, love you, Mina. Love you, Mina. Bye. Bye.